Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, tons of ways of getting our show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app, Apple Podcasts, of course, or turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Now, wow, what a week it has been. Last weekend and all of the first half of the week, we've been just working on Wanna Cry, Wanna Cry, Wanna Cry, so much so that Nala Kitson, our editor-in-chief, did want to cry. Uh, and then uh, the second half of the week it's all about Google I.O. So we're going to concentrate on what's kind of uh, hot and relevant at the moment which is Google I.O. Did you, were you impressed with the presentation? Uh, okay, this is where we diverge somewhat um, because for me when I watch these things now I look at them with the perspective of what, what problem does this solve for me uh, on which is just kind of the shiny. Um, and I think with an awful lot of these things now as I, as I get older I'm finding they're becoming you know, uh, a, a bit more about the shiny than than about problem solving. But I think maybe there's a balance this year because there are some emerging technologies to talk about that are mm. worth getting excited about, as well as sort of the slew of fairly, to my mind, quite minor updates to Android or, or things on the back end that excite developers, but not necessarily users. Exactly. I thought that as well. I, I'm, I'm like you. It's kind of I'm, I'm less focused on the shiny and what it's going to do, but I'm more focused on where it's going to go. And I thought the entire day was amazing and at the same time, utterly terrifying. Um, oh, okay, right. That's that's an interesting uh, divergence of opinion, all in one sentence. Uh, it certainly was, uh, and I also thought it was more of a data dump than a presentation. Do you know what I mean? Well, we've got two billion users do this, and a half a billion do that, and blah 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 blah, and do all that, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and this will be available, and this is available now, and blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah. I think I think this is something that uh, some of these conferences can fall into a habit of. At least when there's mm. a, a product release, there's something so important that it sort of engulfs the entire presentation with, with all these developer conferences like there was build last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about there there's io and there's there's wdc uh, for apple coming up soon enough as well that they are they are data dumps but that's that's the audience that they're kind of uh, attuned to you know they're mm. they're for professionals as much as for well they're professionals more than for consumers i mean for for the likes of us that are that are trend spotting mm. uh they're incredibly useful but yeah if you were to sit somebody down and go wow look look at this you're not going to make many friends over it well listen let's let's go through the main headlines of uh, uh, of what they did announce like a top 10 if you want to put it that way i suppose when yeah. it comes to shiny toys uh daydream vr is the first one which is uh, essentially vr goggles that don't need to be connected to a phone or a computer or anything they just work standalone very interesting uh, interesting. What's interesting is the hardware partners that are coming on board with it, because at the lower end, I put that in inverted commas, uh, as in, you know, better than, than the Gear VR. Um, we're looking at people like Lenovo are, get, are getting involved. Uh, and yet at the high end, uh, Oculus. Uh, sorry, not Oculus. HTC are getting uh, involved with a, a version of the Vive as well. So you are getting an interesting uh, swathe of hardware partners in there. Personally, I think Daydream has been a little bit underwhelming. Um, I think it, it arrived with a, a great crash bang in a wallop last year and it's kind of petered out a little bit. Um, whether that's because, you know, the VR market in general isn't as mature as people thought it would be by now. Or maybe people just haven't warmed to the product. 
I think what's interesting with Google is they put their software developing kits out there, so they're kind of saying, well, look, here's a standalone piece of kit. What can you do with it? And they're leaving it up to the developers. And it was a developers' conference. Yeah, but but I think, you know, when you look at what's happening with, um, you know, game platforms like Steam sort of thing, that there are developers embracing this technology maybe at a, a quicker rate. So you have, you know, the app stuff going on and then you have the, the gaming stuff going on and there's very little, um, well, not as much as I would like, I'll put it that way, in, in the middle mm. um, that would really drive home these products. So I think they're they're kind of stuck. Until sort of the, you know, VR experiences, if you will, uh, become sort of a mainstream commodity in themselves and not this uneasy ground between gaming and, and proof of concept. Uh, I think Daydream is going to struggle. Um, that's just my, my two cents on it. We'll wait and see. Uh, one thing that I thought they concentrated on a lot was the new Android system, Android O. Uh, the betting at the moment is that the full name when they release it will be Android uh, Oreo. Oreo. Whole, uh, yeah, keeping the whole sweet theme, go- theme going. That's the uh, the biscuits in the States. But anyway, we call it Android O at the moment. And yes, it has this, that and the other and it'll do blah, 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 notifications da, 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 and all that. Uh, what I'm interested in with uh, Android O, where they have really put in some time, is the boot time for the device and also the battery life of how long the device is going to last. Okay, well, when we look at PCs, those are fairly standard things that we, we go mm-hmm. for, you mm-hmm. know, how, especially when you're looking at ultra portable PCs. So, uh, yeah, okay. If, they're, you, they're, if you want to be successful at anything, every now and again, you have to go back to basics. And I think this is what they're doing with that, uh, with Android Oil. And then also they're bringing out Android Go, which is going to be a light version of the operating system, uh, with light apps from, uh, from YouTube and stuff like that. Now, thinking about the trend and where it's going, everybody kind of, ah, geez, that's great. They're going to put it into cheap smartphones and make them cheaper. I don't think what's the, that's what the game is. I think the game here is that uh, uh, Google have got like 2 billion users so far. They want another billion users on top of that to make it 3 billion. And by actually getting a light version of their OS into cheaper phones, they'll get that extra billion. And that'll be half the planet using one software company. Yeah, yeah, and that that is going to have a really interesting knock-on effect. Um, I, I mean, in Asia, Tizen is still is still going. Um, the, what's the dominant OS in China at the moment? It's not Android. There's another one. Um, it escapes me right now. Uh, iOS really in danger of being pushed out to the mm. margins unless Apple starts doing something really revolutionary with its hardware. I I think they're being stuck in a very conservative trap at the moment. But um, yeah, I I, I can. When you when you look at things like battery life, you you are thinking sort of what's next, or you know, yeah, the cheap end of the market. What's what's mm. going to happen here? Um, it'd be interesting to see again what what kind of hardware we're starting to see for this. Are, are we going to see you know the Galaxy S eight super light version, uh, or are we going to see lower and lower end phones? Are we going to see a glut of junk phones on the market? Uh, I think, uh, uh, yes, I think so. Why not? Like, you know, um, uh, because you, you need, you need a range of them. But uh, however, that's, that's, that's a conversation for another day. I think they, it doesn't matter about the phone. They want more and more users interacting with, with Google. The big thing that I thought came out of yesterday's conference, really, that they were focusing on was Google Assistant. Uh, and I had a big, big uh, laugh out loud moment when they said that Google Assistant was now available on iPhone. Good yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but with Google Assistant, there's a couple of little things in there. They've got Google Lens, all right, which I think is uh, interesting. You point your camera at something, and it'll tell you about it. So th- their example was you pointed at a flower, it'll tell you what kind of a flower it is. Uh, you can get something interesting where you can point it at uh, the, the Wi-Fi code for your friend's Wi-Fi, and it'll automatically set it up on the phone for you, which I thought was quite good. If you're out and you see a restaurant and you want to know if it's any good, you point your camera at the front of the restaurant, and then it'll pop up with reviews of the restaurant. 
restaurant. That's all very useful stuff. In a uh, way. It is, yeah, yeah, um, and, and you, hopefully more accurate than uh, than Siri because I know that that is a problem with Siri is accuracy. Well, you see, this is the problem. It has to be a hundred percent right every single time, or then it doesn't work. So that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, also, with uh, Google Home, their big announcements was that they were going, you'd be able to make calls to the states and Canada for free, yada, yada. Uh, you would be able to... Now, what I thought was very interesting for us was that you would be able to talk to... Google Home, sorry, is the uh, the little speaker, the Amazon-type uh, assistant that they have. Yeah, it's, it's their equivalent of the Echo. Exactly, all right. Uh, so you're able to talk to this little speaker and you're able to make a query with the speaker. Normally, the speaker would speak back to you and say that television program starts at 8 clocks tonight or whatever but no if necessary it will show you the answer on your phone or on your TV if you've got Chromecast uh, enabled so if you want to see a map or if you're looking for a particular video on something or whatever which I think is really interesting and also two things that I've found fantastic with Google is number one they're opening up the Google Home hardware to Bluetooth so if you just want to use it a Bluetooth speaker uh, with whatever your, is your choice of phone fantastic off you go uh, also they've got the uh, the software development kit as well uh, for the assistant to allow other people to up with new new uses for uh, Google Assistant. And I think that, that is pretty cool, all right, because yeah. whenever I see a speaker, I'm, I'm thinking, can I route my Spotify through it? Well, there you go. All right. Uh, then the other thing that's kind of scary is Google Photos, uh, where you take a photo now, and if Google recognizes the people who are in the photo with you and say, hey, do you want to send this picture to Niall? Because he's in it. <laughs> it's, it's like, hang on a minute, your computer, how do you know my mate Niall? <laughs> Is yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're completely lazy, you can uh, you can print off a, a book of photos. But I think that's just a commercial arm for Google. Photos. I, I think we we've seen Apple struggle with this before yeah. with their greetings card thing. Yeah. I, I don't think it ever works when no. software companies no, try no, to no, do no, that. Not really. And then uh, also they say that you can remove objects in the foreground of um, of a photograph. So their example was they took a photo of somebody playing baseball through a fence, and they were able to get rid of the fencing. Now I think that is total bull. <laughs> you think it's just a gimmick? Absolute gimmicks, all right. Um, and then they do other things, job listings, they smart reply. So if somebody emails you, you've got a choice of three automatic replies, you can send them. YouTube will be able to play 360 videos on your TV. I completely don't see the point of that. Uh, it works brilliantly with VR headset and stuff like that. But on a TV, unless you're going to pick up your 54-inch TV and then lift it around in your hand and turn around and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that. And then the big one, which is completely for another day because we're out of time already, right, is the... Uh, the the Tensor Processor Unit. And I think we need to find somebody who knows lots about these and talk to them in detail because this thing sounds like deep thought in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we, we can't get, we can't get, go down that particular rabbit hole, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. But I thought that was the most interesting. So here's why I'm amazed and terrified at the same time. Because all of those things would help improve your life. Okay, so that's that's the enthused uh, uh, side of the bargain. Side of it. The terrifying side of it is is that now a commercial company knows so much about your private life, probably more than your wife, your mother, your brothers, sisters, your best friends. That's yep. terrifying because we do drop little morsels of data about ourselves across so many mm. uh, services now, and it's mm. actually that ties in with uh, with who we'll be talking about later. 
Exactly. Yes, I, because there was actually, I was, when I was listening to the interview uh, before we, uh, uh, we included in the programme today, he said something in there about screens and about kids coming up on screens and stuff like that that just, bam, hit me. Listen to the interview and hopefully the same thing will happen for you. But uh, I would say to sum up, Niall, with, uh, with Google I.O., I thought what was most interesting about it, and nobody's really saying it, is that it's all about machines learning about you and then machines learning what to do with that information and machines learning to interact with you and essentially becoming an artificially intelligent assistant. Yeah, well, yes, and it's something we'll be we'll be talking about in the, in the near future in uh, in another show how how we can build better artificial assistance. Um, but and yeah, we're getting rid of screens from the internet. It's it's slowly happening. Yeah. Oh, exactly. There was nothing about computers or laptops or anything. There it was all phones and TVs and speakers and, and stuff like that. And I really do think, and this this is what I'll wrap up with because I think you probably laugh. I think that this is the beginning of a real life Skynet. Oh, here we go. Okay, right. <laughs> See, I knew you'd laugh. I know it's past April 19th, 2011, <laughs> but maybe by April 19th, 2021, uh, we might be there when the machines take over the world and Arnold Schwarzenegger has to save us all. I mean, Donald Trump's not doing a great job. So. <laughs> That's Google Isle. Thank you, Niall. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. As well as as talking about operating systems and gadgets and the web, we love looking into the future. And today we're looking at how tech will change our shopping experience in years to come. An expert futurologist in this area is Howard Saunders from the company 22nd and 5th. And Niall had a most interesting chat with him about how our shopping habits are going to change in the next 10 years. This afternoon, I'm speaking with retail futurist and the founder of 22nd and 5th, Howard Saunders. And I suppose let's let's just jump into it, Howard, because we're talking today about um, sort of the future of retail and whatever forms it may take. So uh, when we talk about futurology, there are certain emerging technologies that we love to talk about. Um, for example, big data, drone delivery, 3D printing you know, um, self-driving cars. These are all things that are either on the horizon or, or with us. So which ones do you think are actually going to, for, for want of an easier phrase, actually land with us or which are, are going to be sort of, you know, okay, it's, it's been tried and it didn't quite stick with us? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have all the answers, but I think I, I call my talk The Future is Scary. Thefutureisscary.com actually will take you to all my blogs. But um, the truth is, I think, as retailers, we're terrified at the moment because we're inundated with all this every day you open the papers there's another thing about robots taking our jobs and drone deliveries like you say and even driverless cars it's putting people out of work and our city centres are you know, going to be abandoned because we're all ordering online and Amazon's taking over everything and is now in grocery shopping and they can deliver within the hour and it goes on and on and on and what we're not hearing is the other side of that so whilst let's, let's talk directly about the things that will happen Happen. Yes, there are people introducing facial recognition software. The Amazon are looking very closely, as with Google, at uh, drone deliveries. But the truth is, 
the facial recognition software, I don't know if you've ever been to an airport and, had, and, and experienced it, it's pretty poor technology. It will get better. But there's no replacement for humans and human contact and being really recognized. So there's, as I said today, humanity kind of trumps everything. Drone deliveries, well, regulations will come in and stop that. We can't have bats flying through the high streets all trying to deliver to tap on the windows of various high rides it's not going to happen like that that doesn't mean to say drone delivery will never happen it just it won't happen on mass in our urban centers what were the other things we talked about well, one thing that, uh, sorry, just to jump in no, and, no. and cut across you, um, one thing that I really thought was interesting is your idea of addressing the problem of how to get people out of their bedrooms, particularly young people who are used to stuff just coming to them, used to in- engaging with brands online through their smartphones and not really having to, to get out of the house. Um, do you find that this is a, a generational problem or do you think this is just people are slowly becoming accustomed to it thanks to, we'll say, the arrival of the smartphone or the tablet? Becoming accustomed to it, yes. I think this is the future. You're not going to change them, and I'll explain why. I think we're, we are now. We have this little screen, as I call God, in our pockets, the great overlord of data. We each have this little machine. Forget phone. It's got nothing to do with being a phone. It connects us to all human knowledge. And the truth is, when your children are at the table staring at their phones, they're not escaping the universe. They're staring into the universe. They're connecting with friends. They're exchanging information and ideas, and they're you know, looking at where what their friends are up to and where they are on the planet. That's more connected, not less. In the real world, they've just got their mum and dad sitting opposite them with frown looks telling them to eat their greens. So that's why they'll do it. And the, the truth, I know I'm ranting at this, but the truth is the future gets the people it deserves. This is a difficult thing for us to understand is that we're judging our, the next up-and-coming generation by our standards. And the truth is that the, the six-year-old staring at her phone, her boss in the future will also have been staring at their phone, will also have been doing the same things. We can't change the future any more than you could drag someone from 1765, you know, drag a brilliant mathematician from 1765 and drop them into Ernst & Young now, they'd be utterly useless. The future gets the people it needs by definition. So we are going to be looking at screens of some sort, information of some sort forevermore we are now homo distracted that is a fact i don't think you can change that but there's an awful lot of good that comes from that so we're now connected more than ever before our expectations have risen and you have to understand why perhaps we call them millennials and gen Zers are a bit bored with the world as it is now but that won't stay that way and if you take those millennials i have a couple <laughs> as i said i've a couple of a brace of millennials if you actually examine their behavior yes they do spend a lot of time staring at the phone in their bedrooms but they also go to more concerts now than ever before uh, more festivals they all want to go to these food festivals my daughter's nagging me at the moment to take her to one um, they're forever out in social spaces and that's because innately and fundamentally humans are a social species and we will yeah, always think it's that, that sort of um not so much the fear of having something, but the fear of missing out is really sort of becoming people's FOMO. defined. Yes. Yeah, FOMO is immensely important, and I think it's probably been intensified, as I say, by the phone. We have to use that inverted commas, and we probably will call it a phone forevermore, even though it's not a phone. The phone landing at the same time as the crash, telling us that we're the center of the universe. It gives us, brings everything to us. I mean, think about it just for, for a minute. Pre-smartphone, not so long ago, 
we used to have to wait to see what the news was at nine o'clock and ten o'clock at night. We would have to consult Encyclopedia Britannica in a library. We would have to wait to see what the top 20 records that we should be listening to are. Hilarious, being sent to us and so that we could stand there at the altar of this great world of knowledge now it all comes to us we're in control now so we decide who gets famous we upload our own information to wikipedia if you like to become a billion times bigger than encyclopedia britannica certainly thousands of times bigger Um, we're in control now that's an immensely powerful position and therefore our expectations have risen marketedly just to feed this into the world of retail now, seeing as you know we have this connectedness, we probably have these sort of more intimate relationship with brands than, than perhaps we had before. But that, that has sort of brought with it a, a downside, particularly when it comes to the world of the shopping malls, sort of the mega malls on, on the end of town. Are, are they on the way out? Uh, short answer is yes. I mean, I, I referenced today a thing called Dead Malls. Dead mouths. The Americans say mall. So I, I'm a sort of, I spent five years in the US. I kind of never quite sure which way to say it, but deadmalls.com or on YouTube, there's a, a channel and this guy's been following uh, shopping centers and that are like moribund, dying or dead. And he breaks into the dead ones and he films the moribund ones. And it's kind of sad and sweet, really. But it's a generational thing. It was, it's from another era. And he talks with sort of fondness, actually, of the 90s and the food halls and the films that were filmed in, in uh, sort of, you know, pop movies of the day that were filmed in malls. It was kind of a cool place. Well, we've moved on and those spaces aren't interesting to us anymore. And they're not interesting. You know, I have to say, whilst we talk about millennials a lot, I, I, one of the things I say is we're all millennials. We all wake up. The first thing we do is look at our phones. All of us. It's not just our sons and daughters that are doing it and what's the last thing we look at at night yes it's the phone and so we're all millennials in some way and we're all bored of the same old same old and that includes shopping mid-market shopping centres it includes films I think we're bored of the same superhero movies we're bored with politics and we could get into a whole debate about that we're trying to disrupt that at the moment it's incredible we're, we're in a new phase we're in what I call the me age and we want different things and when we're, when we're talking about the me age what, what I think is very interesting about your idea there it's, it's anyone can be the model anyone can be the star anyone can be on the billboard everyone is I mean these some of these uh, Instagram Icons, you know, have millions, multi-millions of followers. And there's 17-year-old girls in bedrooms in Kent, you know, not just at US. And they have huge followings. Um, so what does, the name this, of the one. What, what does this mean when we're sort of, um, when we're feeding it back into, again, the mega malls are on the way out. What, what replaces them? Is there still a hard sell or do you buy into the brand as a, a philosophy or a lifestyle? Well, all of that, yeah. I mean, two things I'd say. One, the future never gets here. It's a rolling story, funnily enough. And it's always a mix. It's yin-yang, it's always a mix. So yes, you're going to see, I think, the good news. There's lots of independence. We're going to have to build a model, like I said, that allows more of those guys to come through with new ideas. And then the big money players, the big brands, the Nikes and the, and the, uh, you know, the sports brands, as well as the Samsungs and the electronics brands, can create these brand playgrounds that allow us to just hang out in their spaces and fall in love and try stuff. And more and more brands are going to be coming online trying that so it's going to be a mix and 
combined to that um, markets I mean the huge rise I can't emphasize this enough the huge rise in the number of markets and what I mean by that is food markets hipster markets if you like to use that awful term where little independent guys are trying new things this is happening right across the planet and with all the focus in the retail press if you like the mainstream retail press MSM is focus on what the mid-market's doing and the decline of uh, department stores and, and Gap and Banana Republic. And that's not where the action is. The action's at the edge of town. We've got some really exciting stuff happening and we need to encourage it and build a future whereby our city centres and town centres are a wonderful mix of big brand playgrounds, big value stores. You know, the value of the H&Ms are incredibly strong, the Primark's incredibly strong, and mix that with independent markets, artisans, producers, little funny quirky coffee shops. What a great future it is. We just need to make it happen and we need to let it happen. Uh, well, of course, one of the things that will drive engagement uh, in brands going forward is big data and it's information that we're volunteering about ourselves. Two brands, two marketers. Uh, do you think people will get a lot more savvy about this as they go along or do they people do you think people start to see the value in it more? Yeah, it's a, a really good question that I I arrogantly argue that once you see the benefits, you worry that the, the, all the theories of and the concerns about um, data protection and uh, security uh, evaporate largely. Um, think about Uber. You know, its success has not been hindered by the fact that we think they know everything about us and they report on us after each trip. Because the benefits coming the other way were, at least were, remarkable. You know, they kind of knew who you were, they trusted you, they treated you with a bit of respect. So that's the future I foresee, certainly one that I'd like to encourage, whereby we're known, we're not invisible anymore, we're not anonymous anymore. When you walk into spaces, let's take it away from retail, walk into a hospital, there will be no excuse anymore for them to say, oh, we can't find your file. They will know who you are, they'll have your records. And by submitting some of that, allowing more of that data to get out there, we will get more benefit and those that hang on to it will see they'll eventually give in because they'll see the benefits moving the other way I think I'm a, ultimately I'm an optimist and I have to try because I think the, the truth if I rant a bit more the truth about the future is we're always worried that's why I called this thing the future is scary we're always worried it, the, the, the negative gravity towards any sort of sense of uh, prediction is naturally there. And I'd give an example, if you don't mind me going off on one, about Halley's Comet. Halley's Comet, sorry, but I conceived of this and I like to roll it out. Halley's Comet has been circling the Earth for mil- millions of years, probably. Someone might correct me. Every 76 years. And there is evidence going back generations, going back millennia, going back... To, through various civilizations that have spotted it and not one civilization thought oh that means a better crop next year they all thought it meant you know lack of fertility or a bad crop and chopped the heads off their children or burnt goats or whatever they did that is a fact you can check it out so why why are we so scared of the future the truth is that the that evidence suggests that things won't be like that, that actually that the future will be largely we resolve lots of these issues and the more information that's out there about us will probably benefit us on the whole. There, of course, the downside of that, we could get into a big argument about that, but on the whole, we won't be anonymous anymore and I think that has to be a good thing for us as individuals and as customers.
And that was Niall Kitson chatting to Howard Saunders from 22nd and 5th. And you can find out more about him and our retail future at www.22and5.com. Use the actual numbers in that URL, www.22and5.com. That's about it for this week. Remember, you can get more on uh, Howard and also on Google In Out and, of course, all the latest Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show here online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Tech Central